Hello and you're welcome to the Backdoor Football Show. Senior Football Manager Billy Lee. Um, I suppose a few days after promotion, Billy, um, up to Division 3, how does it feel? Yeah, look, it, it was important that we, we savoured um, the occasion of, of the, with this group of lads um, making some positive progress. And um, look, we were back training Tuesday night and um, the focus quickly switched um, around Monday to the upcoming championship game. But important at the same time that we, we, we savour as a group um, the labour, the fruits of our labour, um, but not get carried away. And um, I did want the lads to enjoy it because I feel these things have to be enjoyed. And, and sometimes it's a world that's living lost within the as Every team strives for what they see as success, but um, sometimes we have to we have to savour those moments too. And um, it's our focus on, on on water for now to weekend. Yeah, and was it was it a bit of a challenge trying to get the players down from such a high back to a bit of training this week? No, no, we we, we encountered that experience uh, last year, going from the Tipperary to the Cork game, and um, we got our dual rewards against Cork last year as a consequence. So the 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 learnings we got that day is very much etched in the boys' memory, and um, so. Um, it's it's it was easy to do it. Uh, there was no there was no requirement for me to focus their attention to Waterford. Um, that painful memory um, is still there within their brain. So um, it was just back on the horse and focus on Waterford. And um, Division Four, um, such a hard place to get out of, probably because everyone wants to get out of there and move up the tier playing Division Three. But how much work was put into this? Like how many years did it take? Do you feel to get out of Division Four and finally reach promotion? Took us three years. Uh, this is my fourth year as the manager, and the first year we had um, a mix of young, young and um, inexperienced. With lads who've been around for a good couple of years and had experience, and um, a lot of them departed the scene, felt that their time was up. Um, as I moved into my second year, and, and, and effectively we got a lot of young lads. Uh, some had a certain amount of experience, to be fair, not many, and um, a lot of young lads who physically weren't at the pitch of inter-county, technically, tactically, and all that stuff. And um, so, you know, we had a progression year on year, and we put a kind of a, I put a template in my brain as to how we want to progress. And uh, but like what I put into my head is one thing, what the players decide they want to do is another thing, and that's the main driver. These lads have worked extremely hard during the off-seasons as well, to find the improvement for year-on-year year improvement. And um, thankfully, they, 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 they've brought it to, to, to another level again this year. And look, we have to, we'll have a challenge again next year when that comes around at that level. So look, we have to find further improvement. But it's been a three-year journey and um, nothing comes easy in life. And uh, you have to earn every every um thing you were uh, you get you earn it's not given to you so look it's, it's it's the credit is to the lads and um you know for the work they put in when it is easier not to do it um with relative success um you know limit footballers don't win too many medals or stuff like that so you have to have the desire and passion to want to wear your county jersey or find um, to challenge yourself develop yourself and, and see what you can achieve um when medals are to the fore and um, I think that just 
but that's true for many county teams, not just Limerick. Um, and, and that should never be forgotten by people. Um, what, what the people down the different divisions or have less chance of winning a medal, um, the efforts they are putting in is no different to anybody else. And um, that's it. Exactly. And the protocols, like with this year's championship, you had to travel to Sligo the last day and now having to travel to Waterford. Is it something very different to kind of get your players used of going cares by yourselves um, two matches? It is. It is. It certainly is a. It's a very strange um, situation we're all in. But look, um, for 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 people like myself and the players, it's it's fantastic. We have this opportunity to try and live some sort of normality in in these very challenging times for the human race, and um, you know most of us will do the right thing um, to allow us to make sure we can continue to that. But for more importantly, you know, a lot of people, we have a doctor on our squad, we have guards on our squads, we have people with elderly grandparents on our squads. And for no other reason, you know, you've got to be very, very mindful of these situations and the risk that you can bring back to your own family environment or your own workplace. And um, so it's not a it's not a challenge in, in, in asking people to comply and, and, and conform. It's more just about a strange, a strange time. But look, you know, um, I think people are happy to get into cars and, and go and have match and have that bit of normality and, and find a normal within that no, in um, abnormality, you know. And were you ever along the lines that the Intercounty Championship shouldn't have been played? I suppose what the word word it is, um, I, 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 my, 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 I have a science background, so I suppose... In when when the decision was made to lock down the country last March, it was easy, very easy for me to understand the reasons for that and, and, and why that would be done. And then most definitely this was the right thing to do. And, um, you know, sport, while it's considered important, it's not the most important thing and never will be the most important thing in life for, for an amateur organisation. It's a hobby, it's a pastime. We take it serious, but it should never be put, a, put ahead of the, the health of the country. Um, now, you know, there is a path for it to be played in my head, but um, along the lines of, you know, mental health is very prevalent um, and was before COVID. And um, it gives the general public and the players themselves something to look forward to at the weekend and try and bring normality to all weekend lives. Now, I don't say that lightly, and, and I say that against the context that that should only be the way it should be if everyone is following the protocols and conforming and being compliant. Um, it wouldn't be right for any organisation to put the, the, the health of the country at risk uh, and be flaholic about what they do things. But everything's been done right and above board and, 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 and honestly, I think there's a place for it and it kind of gives people uh, some form of normality the weekend to sit down with their family in, in current situation and watch a match or a number of matches and events like that and um, trying to keep that bit of normality because, you know, it is a challenging and a very, very challenging time uh, for people. Um, and then those people who may not be in a family environment and this just might give them a bit of an outlet as well. So there's, there's much to be considered. Following protocols and being compliant is, is, is paramount for people like myself and the players. And um, that's essential in my head for it to go ahead as it is.
And a knockdown championship um, this year, is this the right system you feel this year and could it be a system to go with or do you feel other it? I, I, I think it's the right thing to do this year. I think, um, you know, we're limited in time and, you know, we can't be asking people to jump through hoops just to try and give everyone a second chance this year. I think we've got a second chance by the by the league and the championship being played. And I think we'll all accept that that is the second chance this year for the organisation to be able to play these games. And, um, I, no, I think it's the right thing to do for now. Uh, into the future, who knows? I think the bigger thing for the future is you know, the way the whole thing unfolded with the club and the county, I think that's the priority um, for the GA uh, to get that balance right. And, uh, you know, maybe th- there's lots of talks about the six months of football or club versus county. And maybe that's the way to go with it. And if that means they're a knockout championship, time so be it. Uh, I think, you know, for many, many counties, the league is is is, is the is their bread and butter. And, um you know, championship is a fantastic equations and um, fantastic opportunities for the lower end teams to be taken and the big guns when the opportunities arise, uh, not to be forgotten. But look, I think the league is where every team in every division know they're bouncing off teams were at that, that level or thereabouts. Um, one or two teams might be ahead of the posse in any given year within any given division. But in the main, it's very balanced and... Um, so look, I suppose when you have seven league games and maybe one championship game or not, that that's eight. A lot of training goes in for eight eight games, um, not notwithstanding there's one or two pre-season competitions as well. Um, training nine months a year for that number of games, the ratio just doesn't seem right. So maybe going back and shortening the inter-county season and picking up the club, I think I think everyone's a winner in that and. Um, you know, it unfolded um, unplanned and uh, maybe there's learnings to be got from that. And are you in favour of a Tier 2 Championship? I am not against it. Uh, I, I, I get all the arguments that the big guns, the days of the big guns um, isn't there. But what I see about it is this, if, and I speak about my our own county, um, if we can get to the Munster final, we, we go into the Air Championship and Everyone starts out at the start of the year in the in the A championship, and that's that's kind of lost in this. So when the championship starts, you're in the A, and um, it's thereafter your level of capability takes you in to the B or into the A. And I think we shouldn't lose sight of that. Um, and if you get to a provincial final, you're also back into the A. So I think there are opportunities for teams like Limerick to get into the air championship uh, but of course we have to have the capability to be in that championship and if you look around the world there's lots of um, competitions now that have you know I think the soccer and the rugby and all sorts of sports and there's different levels and different grades we even have it within our own county championships you've seen us intermediate premier intermediate um, premier junior junior um, I couldn't see any junior team in any county wanting to play the senior hall in a football championship. That's a, that's out of our league. But yet now we feel, as a county organisation, when we look at it in our county, we, we we feel we should be in the air competition. But like, to me, we are in the air competition in the first round of the provincial championship. And how good you are continues on that on that journey. And um, somewhere, sometimes in life, you just have to accept where you are in life. 
And if you want to change it, you have to work hard as an organization. Absolutely. And Waterford this weekend in Prairfield, what kind of a challenge are you expecting? Like there was only a goal between you in the league. A fine, tough one. Uh, you know, Waterford, um, we played him in the Regard Cup 10 days before that, and there was there was two 10 to 10 points. It was only two scores in the difference. There was one score in the difference the last day. So that's, that sums it up. And um, Waterford has a lot of good footballers and have had over the years. And um, so we're expecting a fine, tough challenge. And, you know, we are hoping to put our best foot forward and make sure that our focus is now turned to Waterford and, and get ourselves right and prepare ourselves properly and take on the challenge that Waterford will present to us, which we've been down there a couple of times now in my tenure, and it's never been easy. Um, so we're under no illusions of that. Um, and look, please, God, we can come out the right side of it. And I'm sure Benji's thinking the same for his team. But, um, yeah, the team who play for the 75-odd minutes will win the game, and that's it. Absolutely. And... Like last year, your first championship win um, with Tipperary against Tipperary, is it really trying to build on that because that was just a terrific performance? It is, of course. Um, and look, I suppose you know part of part of that brought expectation um, within the group, within the county board, within the general public that you know mainly following the football around Limerick and 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 even people who who would normally turned their attention towards other sports, uh, you know, it cost their attention. And I think the McGrath Cup win in the Gaelic grounds, beating Cork, added to it. And, you know, that all puts us in a place where, you know, the whole group wouldn't be used to. Um, and that is expectation, uh, our performance and um, winning games. And uh, so, look, that was where it was during the league. And, and thankfully, we finally saw it out and managed to see it out. It was a bit of a challenge, it has to be said towards uh, when we came back. So the expectation is there on us to, to, to go and beat Waterford. And um, that brings its own challenges for us to manage. And um, I suppose, that, and as you rightly say, it's, it's trying to build in um, on last year's championship. But, you know, I feel we have built in last year's championship through the McGrath Cup, through the league. Um, so it's, it's, it's probably not, I'm not trying to compare championships to championships. It's more about that, continuation of improvement throughout the seasons uh, and end up at the, given, at the end of a given year and see have we improved as a group and um, and taken everything in as, as, a, as a collective as opposed to isolating different games and judging them on their own individual merits. And is the aim this year to try and get to a Munster final because you're obviously avoiding Cork and Kerry and that's huge really for a county like Limerick. No, uh, it's as simple as Waterford and um, nothing else. And, uh, you know, whoever wins between Waterford and Limerick go on to play the winners of Clare and Tip. So there's a lot of um, ball to be kicked. But our sides are firmly on Waterford. This will be our third time going down to Farfield this year. Um, and it's not an easy place to go. To, so it would be absolutely folly of us to look beyond that at this point in time. Of course, no different to Waterford, no different to Clare and Tip. They would be hoping they could get into once the final because it, you know, it brings a bit of, um, I suppose, you know, the occasion and and the getting, and 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 that gives a lot of confidence to players. So in the four counties, everyone's in the same boat. 
and um, so look, I suppose that's where it sits for everyone. Um, you hit out of the county board not getting the supports um, a few years ago. Um, do you feel now that the county board are supporting the Limerick footballers as much as they should be? Yeah, absolutely. Um, needless to say, after that, there was um, a conversation. We had a meeting and, um, you know, they, 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 we had a good, frank, open meeting and their support has been 100% since. And um, to put it on record, you know, they backed us there during the off-seasons and a couple of off-seasons to do some work um, to support the lads. And, and, and there's no greater testament to, to their support of us than, than what they did in those occasions. Um, so, yeah, they, they are 100%. And I think it was 2018, 53 lads didn't commit to the Limerick panel. How tough was that to take? It's tough. It, it, it's very tough, and you, you know, you, you you sit and you wonder, oh God, what have I got myself into? But I suppose within the county, people know like that I have a fierce passion for the county and and in football, you know, in, in itself. And um, there's only one way to go from that point, and that's up. And um, whether you're with Dublin or Kerry or Tipperary Holland or Kilkenny Holland, Limerick Holland, or whatever you are in these top teams, no one gets anywhere without hard work. And, and it's true for those as it is for us. And, you know, we got lads who, who, who were keen to play with the, with the county, wanted to play with the county, wanted to better themselves. We stuck with them, we've nurtured them, developed them and helped them both on and off the field. Um, you know, and, and, and sometimes it's trying to make better young men out of the men. And if you can do that, you know, improvement in foot, on the football field comes. Um, obviously, you have to try and improve the football skills, the tactical and technical. But you know, helping young lads become young men is um, is a privilege to have. And once uh, uh, we're trying to do the right thing, and um, we try and continue to do that all the time. And you know, as I said, it's, there's only one way to do it. That's hard work. And how tough is it competing with the Limerick Hurlers? Uh, it's not tough at all. Um, you know, many people ask me that. I see it as a huge bonus at the moment that the Hullers are going well. Um, a lot of our players are club mates of the Rise in the Holland team. There's a good interaction between John and myself um, and has been for a long time. And we bounce, if you know, Paul Kinnerk is the trainer. Paul is the head of the academy for the football. So there's a huge lap over. Um, you know, a lot of the lads have been on to us in light of last weekend and I'm sure they've been on to the, the players. So a rising tide rises all boats. And in Limerick, um, over the years, back to the times I was playing in the 80s into the 90s, Holland has always been the number one sport. It's as simple as that. Um, thankfully, at this point in, in, in the life of the country, there's a bit more money around. And, you know, support financial support for both um, codes is there, unlike back, back in the 80s, 90s, when, you know, sponsorship wasn't as big at the time and all that. And, you know, there's only so much people can do. And... You know, if we want to improve football, it's incumbent on the football people in the county to to do the work on the ground and 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 not, and not you know, you don't see the soccer boys asking the rugby boys for the support or vice versa. You know, you go and you do your work and you work it on the ground and you build it up bit by bit. And there is a lot of work going on in the county through the academies over the last number of years. And a lot of the former players, the good players in Limerick, are in there doing great work, um, led by Murish in in conjunction with Paul and. Shawnee Buckley, Parana, and Andy Lane, um, and the, the list goes on. So, you know, in, somewhere down the line, um, you know, 
we, we've got to the ground and we stopped them working on what we're, 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 we're doing as an organisation on the ground. And look, hopefully the fruits of that labour will continue to come through over the coming years. And, um, you know, and long may the limit call and stay where it's at. And um, as I say, a rising, board, rises all, a rising tide rises all boats. Absolutely. And your Paddy Kisan was involved in your first year um, as coach, and then you've been involved with Stephen Stack. Have Have you learned a lot from them um, as an intercounty manager? Ah, uh, you would, yeah. You, you know, I mean, you know, I got to involved with Stephen back in Kerry um, twelve or thirteen years ago. Fantastic individual, tremendous guy. Uh, passionate about the game of football, passionate about everything he does, and um, you can only you can only learn from guys like that. Um, I've had the privilege of you know training a lot of high-profile players back there, and you learn from them as well. And uh, you know Pat Flanagan, the way Pat Flanagan was also involved with us with stacks in the year, the year we were with stacks. Johnny Mulville in the store, you know, um, Kennelly's. Um, Brendan Guiney, Brian Scanlon, you know, tremendous individuals, and likewise, William Kirby, Kian Donaghy, you know. So, you learn from all these people because they've been in at the highest level and um, knowing what it was like to work and wear a Kerry jersey. So, you do learn from that. And then, obviously, Paddy brought high standards with him from his time at Cork. He was with a super Cork team uh, and was a highly driven individual um, in what he was trying to achieve and had a fierce drive to improve the boys for the first number of years and um you know so look tremendous learning and tremendous you know in my time previously with Limerick Liam Kearns was the manager so I've had the opportunity to work with Liam Dave Moriarty who's now the, the leash um SNC man and was with Tipperary with Liam for a while and has done clean Rovers so I've been very, very fortunate, surrounded with great people, and um, I have a great support network. And and and, and like I suppose, I could, it, it would be remiss not to just mention the current management setup I have. Um, it's an all Limerick one, and I can't remember the last time that that was the case. And in in Brian Begley, got a tremendous guy, um, passionate for the jersey, you know, represented Limerick at the highest level in board codes, um, played in Ireland Holland final. I think that says it all about the man, and now he's down the ground working hard with us. Adrian O'Brien, coming from a strong GA background, he brought a party hall with Limerick for years. An outstanding SNC coach. You won't find better in the country. You'll find maybe a lot of people is good, but not better. And Shamie O'Donnell, who played in football, played a high level of soccer with Cork City, and played in Gold to Limerick for many years in the early 90s. And, um, and finally, a local lad, a club mate of mine, Shane Kelly. So, you know, there's been fantastic people around me over the years, and, um, and you know, without these people, no one man makes a team. No one man makes a team, and uh, no one management team makes a county. And um, so it's the it's the legacy you leave and you pass it on, and you know the passion for the jersey that, and you try and keep that going to the next people. And when you get the baton from the previous person, you drive it on. With the way football is going, we've seen blank defences, we've seen teams attacking. Is the biggest challenge really going into games? How do you line out your team? Can be, yeah, can be, you know. Um, but I suppose ultimately, you know, it can, you know, there's no question there's tactics in every game, but there always has been tactics. And and maybe 
too many of us put too much into tactics rather than the skills, the understanding of the game. You can talk to people in the room and give them the tactics, and when they go in the heat of battle, they can forget exactly what was the plan. But there's one thing they'll never forget. They'll never forget how to pick the ball, kick the ball, hand pass the ball, catch the ball at pace. And if they have a broad understanding of the game, they'll quickly grasp the tactics. And my approach is tact, um, skill level and understanding of the game of football enhance. And they're the, they're, 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 they're the foundation to having tactics. Because if you don't understand the game, you're not going to understand what the tactics mean or what to watch out from from the opposition and all that. So the technical side of it, you know, skill execution, um, it's no surprise that the teams that execute the skills the best in both Holland and football are thereabouts in the shake-up always, you know, because they can do it at the fastest pace, they think faster than most, they're moving faster, and, and, and that's the essence of it for me rather than tactics. But tactics are there and, you know, they can be a very small thing, they can be a very big thing, but, um, yeah, and they are important, don't get me wrong. As I said, I think the, the skill execution at pace and the general understanding of the game of football and what's happening. Because at any one moment in time, someone's plan is going to be over, uh, superseding the other team's plan. So the players in the field need to be able to see that and adapt and change. And their understanding of the game enables them to do that. Um, rather than waiting until, well, we've got the advent of the water break now, but previously only at half time. And, Again, could have escaped you by then if players can't see what's happening on the field. Absolutely. And I suppose probably looking to get back to the successful Limerick team with the Shawnee Buckleys and John Galvin. But where have, I suppose, how have you built a culture within this Limerick senior football team? Yeah. Uh, we built it year on year, I suppose. The first thing was, look, getting the lads on board and protecting them, reminding them and um, standing up for them. Um, both with, you know, anyone outside the squad and, and minding them so that, you know, when people, when teams lose games, you know, people are fast to, 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 to criticise and that's human nature of it and I understand that. So it's about protecting the lads against that so that fellas wouldn't get disillusioned with it initially and um, then you'll be talking to them one-to-one, see how they are um, on a personal level and I suppose you know helping them realise that the environment when we used to go training and whatever nights we trained this is where people wanted to be they felt they felt comfortable in that space they felt that it was enjoyable and, and, and they were around people that was minding and caring for them uh, so you, I was surrounding myself with people in the management team that had the interests of the people involved and the jobs they had had um, Anything, anything in the second year of the Hillam, anything in terms of success was way off down the road. Success was actually holding the squad of players from year, my second year to year three, and it would be their first year. That was, that was literally team success. Um, and then, you know, we walked in it, and as I referred to earlier on, we did some work during the summer to physically build ourselves up, and then step it up another level. Um, and then, you know, I suppose a big part of what we did was so player A, player A knew who player B was, and player B knew player C, and player C knew player A, but they didn't actually know who they were, as on on, on a personal level, they knew who they were and where they came from, but they didn't actually know. So 
we you know we had some get-togethers around Christmas time, and maybe after championship matches, we did some team-building exercises so that lads would come together as a group, um, enjoy each other's company, get to know each other. Is a fellow working? Is he going to college? You know, where's he from? You know, that kind of stuff. The basic essence of what forms a team. Um, and we spent a lot of time in the first two years, my second year, third year, doing that with this group, doing some work off season um, to prepare them more better for the second season and all that kind of stuff and um, you know help them grow into themselves as young adults because a lot of them were at college at the time they stepped out of that and you know help them through maybe going working in, in a different environment that they were outside of the home network um, or the college network and and being there at the end of a phone if they needed a chat about anything it could be you know the rent of a house you know areas of a city whatever the case may be and um, all that is massively important uh, when you're trying to build a team and bring it together. Um, it's now we've kind of handed the baton over to that to the players and they have their own leadership team within the group and um, come back to us to be kind of looking at now or whatever, you know, that kind of, and we work in unison to try and move the standards and, and the performances upwards. And like you must feel you have some very underrated footballers at the moment, like Donald O'Sullivan in goals looks like a tremendous keeper with his forty fives, his kickouts, Ian Corbett at centre back, a tremendous performance last weekend. And then Seamus O'Carroll has been able to mix it with the best in Dublin with Castle Knox. So like you've very good spine and team at the moment. Yeah, and I think the boys, you know, look Dallas Tracy you can throw Dallas Tracy into that as well, you know. Yeah, and I think look I think um, I think people will know about Donald. I think they know about Ian. I think they know about Dara and and Shami. Um, you know, um, I suppose to get to get recognised, you had to perform consistently. Um, one swallow doesn't make a summer, and um, I think you know people, you know, in the broader broader chair world of intercounty in Ireland, wouldn't know of the lads at this point. Um, it's fair to say, I think. Most inter-county managers will know the prominent players within every county team, even if they're not in that division in the league or in that provincial championship or don't come across them. I think most people will know the prominent players and I think it's probably no different for Limerick. Yeah, um, the past few seasons you had um, your son Jamie involved. Um, I don't think he's involved this year. But um, what's it been like having your son involved in a county setup? Uh, it's been nice, and it's been a pair and pain at the rear in the times. And um, yeah, look, he was involved earlier this year. Um, he's a big loss to us um, in many senses. You know, um, he he'd have been one of the he's he's the same age profile as Donald and Dava and Ian, and you know he would have been seen as one of the the road two lads at times. You know. Um, yeah, but look, he's in Australia. You know, um, look, I suppose there's three ways you're going to be when you're managing your own. You're either going to be very biased towards them, very biased against them, or you're going to be very balanced. And being very balanced is the hardest uh, one of the three to be. Um, so, look, I suppose there was times when we had conversations with him. And if we were talking about football or life in general, and, you know, you try, like any father would try and get a message through to your son, you'd, I would say tell him, look, I'm wearing my father's hat now. Um, and if I was talking about, if I was trying to get something through to him in the, in, as a manager, I'd say, the manager. So I found that beneficial to me, certainly, so that he'd understand where I was coming from at the moment in time. And if I was the father, he could have a debate with me. But if I was the manager, he had to shut his mouth. 
and 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 you know listen and learn and okay he might want to challenge like any player was entitled to do um but at least if i was strong in my opinion um it was about him listening um so that was it you know not an easy situation certainly not my first one or two years um while jamie was trying to you know really come of age and into county uh i think you know many people know about his ability and the ball and to pick out players and stuff like that uh but it's you know there's a lot more to it than just that alone and and, and he was on and, and that was the part because there was times you know we should be playing him and i wondered about one or two other things as to whether and maybe because i was the father i had on the side of caution and not backing him but um Certainly, in the latter two years, he was nearly an automatic starter for us. And finally, now, like, how big of a commitment is the intercounty job preparing, training, physio, strength and conditioning coaches? I suppose now you're with organizing dinners and stuff after training. Like, how much of a job is it at your hands of managing an inter? county team it's nearly in every job everyday job i'd say at this stage it's 100 percent. it is absolutely uh there's no getting away from it um i remember having a conversation with paul kinnerk when i was involved with the academies before i took on this job and he was involved with claire with david fitz and he was telling me what they were meeting an hour and a half for meetings before training and i remember saying to him for the love of god paul that's banana stuff i said what are you at i said it doesn't christ but in six months i was at it myself and um that's the standard at this stage. Uh, if you're not doing it, you feel you look unprofessional. Um, and I suppose you're trying to do the best for the people you have around you to have higher standards. I suppose in the job I had, um, I was quite busy at work, so I found it a great outlet as it transpires to be training teams. My time in the store, my time in stacks, and um, my couple of years, you know, it, it took me away from being manager of the Belligown site, and um, it 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 was a distraction. But most definitely, there's no two ways about it. It's a full time job, and I suppose any advice I give to anyone is it's a great place to be. It's a fantastic challenge. My God, we've had half days, you know. But when I practice up and move on, I look back with fun memories. Um, I see it as being a privilege to have managed my own county, to be working with the best players within the county, to help them grow as young men. And it's only a short space of time, and life evolves and moves on, and we'll be quickly forgotten about. But we'll always have the memories, and I'd only encourage anyone to get involved if they ever get the, the knock comes on their door. Um, but just probably be aware it is hard work. But you know what? Most people in it, whether you're a SNC coach, a coach, a selector, a liaison officer, a physio, a doctor. People want to be there. People love being there. Um, and, and they'll put their shoulder to the wheel and, 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 and work at it. And um, I would say it's a privilege, but certainly a full-time job at this stage. Absolutely. Well, um, thanks a million for your time, Billy Lee, and best of luck at the weekend.